Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everybody. It's uh, Karun Chandok. Um, I'm in my camper van, a very glamorous here at Le Mans in the paddock. Um, just watched the Canadian Grand Prix. That was a bit exciting. Uh, well, towards the end, certainly. I mean, what can you say, first of all, about Lewis Hamilton? Absolutely devastating qualifying lap. I think that was probably one of the best laps in I've, I've seen from him, really, to take pole position. His 64th pole, 65th pole, lots of emotions with Senna story and all the rest of it. Um, and, and I thought that was just a, a lap really befitting of anybody who's going to equal someone like Senna's record. Um, you know, his commitment through that final chicane in particular um, was pretty stellar. But, I mean, the whole lap just looked so hooked up. I think, you know, you had Q1, Q2, where it looked nip and tuck between, between Ferrari and him. But that first round of Q3 where he went bang you know, just such a big jump ahead. I was just looking at the times here on my computer. Um, you know, such a big jump ahead into the 11s, and then second run again, an 11-4. Um, pretty amazing stuff. And you know, to be really seven tenths ahead of your teammate on a track, one of the shortest laps in terms of lap time, certainly of the season, probably the shortest actually. Now, um, you know, that, that, it was just a superlative performance. And then once we got once he got to the race, he made the start and he was gone. You know, there was just... I think we... I watched the whole race and I think I saw Lewis maybe after the virtual safety car, we saw him thrice before the checker flag. It was, it was, he was just so far gone. And really for for Valtteri, I think uh, there's a lot of questions. Oh, sorry, I'm just moving the screen. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered, you know, from his side. Finished nearly 20 seconds behind Lewis. One race after he blitzed him in Monaco. That's a, you know, that's a hell of a comeback from Hamilton. And it just shows why he and Vettel will carry on being the two A-listers that fight for this World Championship all the way till Abu Dhabi. Um, on to Ferrari. I mean, the start was just a nightmare. And the, the first lap, it all fell apart. You know, Seb's front wing and then Kimi losing track position. Uh, dropping it on the grass, coming out of six and nearly into the wall, uh, you know. And then they got in this battle with the Force Indias, just a messy, messy opening three or four laps, and then it just and that compromises. You know, the margins are so small, and and certainly in Montreal, you know, straight line speed of paramount importance. If you haven't got the straight line speed, then you know you're you're in trouble because you can't overtake. It doesn't matter how quick you are through the lap, you can't overtake and you know, we we saw that um, against the Force Indias. Kimi was just sort of stuck there and he, he never quite had the pace. And they changed tyres and, um, you know, if you haven't got that straight line pace, Sebastian's, you know, stuff towards the end, I'm going to come on to Sebastian, showed why you had to be a bit risky. But 
overall, I think Ferrari will be disappointed. You know, certainly after Friday, they looked like they were the quickest cars. Saturday looked very close in FP3, but then when we got to qualifying, um, they weren't quite there. And I think they'd be a bit disappointed with the way the weekend panned out from from the end of FP3 onwards, because they would have really fancied their chances. But that's how life goes. Um, they'll have to bounce back from here. Um, you know, we're going to Azerbaijan in two weeks' time, and um, you know, again, we'll have to see big, big straight line there. But then you've got all those tricky braking zones and ninety-degree corners. So we'll have to see how that whole battle unfolds. After talk about Force India, I think that was a, an amazing race, and just the the, the drama around potential for team orders between Ocon and, and Checo. I think it's a tricky dynamic there because you have to keep in mind Checo brings a reasonable amount of sponsorship to the team and therefore it's quite tricky to have to dictate terms to him and you have to see, you know, I, I've known Checo, I was his driver coach back in F3 in 2007 or 8 probably, so I've known Checo nearly a decade now, he's a, he's a great guy but he's a hard competitor and I, I, I knew from that first phone call that was made about moving over there was no way he was going to do it. There's just no chance because that's just not who he is. And in a way, I think he's right. You know, you know, you wouldn't have seen Senna move over. You wouldn't have seen Lewis move over. You don't see Seb. You don't see you know Michael. Um, never. You know, they don't give any quarter. And I think they, you're fighting for your position in the team. Ultimately, it cost the team because it allowed Seb to get ahead of both cars and possibly allowed Ricardo to break away as well. So, you know, in the end, it, it cost for India as a team. But as an individual, I think that's quite a hard call to make. Um, and really, for Force India, I think it would have been hard to force the issue because, as I said, it's a slightly tricky position with Checo um, being a driver who brings funding to the team. Um, but I thought Ocon drove a great race, you know, to finish, well, I'm looking at the stats now, two tenths of a second behind Checo, that's so close. And I think he drove a great race, you know, a rookie uh, who carries on to be probably, um, you know, the outstanding rookie of the year, if you compare with with people like Van Dorn and Stroll and stuff, and even Palmer struggling against Hulkenberg, um, you know, clearly Ocon, uh, along with um, Max Verstappen, have, have shown to be Two of the the best talents to have arrived in F1 in in recent times, I think. Uh, but on to Stroll himself, I thought he drove a great race, um, getting his first points in ninth. Uh, he was feisty. He had, he didn't have a good qualifying. He obviously down in 18th, but he picked his way through the drama on the opening lap, got himself into a reasonable position, and then you know made some good moves, but also was patient. You know when when the moves weren't there to be had, he backed out of it. And I thought he showed good judgment and maturity and patience there, which, um, you know, I think hopefully he can build on that and go forward because that was actually a very good race. Um, managed the tyres uh, well and he, you know, it's a tricky track for brakes and we know he's had brake issues in Melbourne and a couple of other places this year and I thought he did a good job to just manage his race well and deserve those points in front of his home crowd. So I think that was a... A really, really good effort from him. And, and, you know, he's been a busy boy. I know there's been a lot of pressure on him and around the build-up to the Canadian Grand Prix. And the pressure's been building through the season on his performances relative to Massa. 
and overall I thought that was a really good strong performance for him so we'll see how he can build from here qualifying is obviously the ultimate thing now that he needs to beat you know he needs to start getting within two or three tenths of Felipe rather than the six seven eight tenths and um, I'll be interested to see how much progress uh, he makes on that Hulkenberg in the points again good race for him and Renault um, Haas snuck in the points and I mean what can you say about Fernando again another engine but his brilliance came forward once again as he you know he's judging his pace based on what Ferrari are doing he's looking at well okay hang on the Ferrari in front isn't pulling away as much one behind isn't catching as quickly so super soft may not be working let's try this off I mean the man's just got such brilliant um, a, a brilliant way of handling the race and reading the race and seeing how the race unfolds he could be a strategist really I mean it is absolutely amazing how he can do that um, and it just shows how the cars not befitting of a man of his talent and hopefully you know that situation will resolve itself it sounds more and more likely like the head Homer McLaren and Honda are heading for divorce and there's going to be a Mercedes engine in the back of that car uh, one way or the other and really for the sake of formula one i think it's sad that honda haven't been able to achieve what they set out to but for the sake of f1 we want to see mclaren and fernando alonso back up at the front fighting um really got to mention max verstappen before i wrap up because at start and then opening few corners was stellar and he really deserved a result and you know he was holding his own ahead of bottas i think bottas would have had a tough chance tough challenge to get ahead of Max so I think I think um, really felt really sorry for Max because he deserves some points anyway uh, I've got a big week ahead of me got obviously here at Le Mans for the 24 hours uh, biggest race of the year for me and um, we got uh, it's a long week so I'm here in this camper van um, for the next seven nights or whatever um, and uh, we got practice qualifying Wednesday night, Thursday night, uh, day off on Friday, and then obviously 24 hours over the weekend. So um, we'll see how it goes. We're in a slightly tricky situation because our chassis isn't, with the Ligier is not quite as competitive as the Orica that we're competing against in LMP2, but we'll do the best we can and a lot happens in a 24-hour race. So uh, speak to you then. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.